welcome to the Vivacious Living Podcast for humans that want to fill every single day of the rest of their lives with as much energy, joy, and wonder as humanly possible. I'm your host, Selena, and let's get into the show. Welcome to Vivacious Living, episode number eight. Here we are. Woo, let's go. End of a nice long weekend here in Melbourne, Labor Day long weekend. Mm -hmm. Which calls for date night, obviously. Yes, we decided to opt out of going away, going anywhere. We've had such a busy time post-Vivacious and obviously we were away all of January, so we just went out for a nice date night Mm. to... Maybe we shouldn't name the restaurant. No naming names. Because I'm going to shame them. (laughs) No, it was was okay. It was fine. It was okay. It was just subpar food. Yeah, we it were was just, still exciting though. Yeah, it was nice to get out, but we were really looking forward to having some fancy yeah. food and a really good night out. And we didn't expect to make our own <laughs> bow buns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the deconstructed phase is. I'm un- not about it. I'm not about mm. it. Um, I didn't pay heaps of money to then have put to- it together ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the more that they can do, the better. Put it in my mouth. Chew it for me. <laughs> I mean. We'll go all out. Oh my gosh! Now that's an experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was fun to hang out though. Yeah, nice vibes in the restaurant, and they had that. I really love the cauliflower popcorn Mm. chicken. Not chicken, obviously cauliflower. cauliflower. <laughs> Battered cauliflower yeah. things. Deep, deep fried, you know. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Take a vegetable and deep fry it. Now that's delicious. Living. <laughs> <laughs> With some delicious sauce on the side mm, as well. Very good. good. And then Sunday we just went and did some acro yoga, mm. which was so fun. We haven't done it in ages. We did it so much during lockdown. Yeah, always going to the oval and I don't know, lifting each other up. <laughs> <laughs> you Physically. Physically lifting each yes, other up. insert dramatic music. And yes, I can also lift Selena up. I am <laughs> strong enough for anyone wondering. Yeah, you wouldn't think it, but he is quite strong. <laughs> Amazing core strength. Uh, uh, anyway, it was fun. Yeah. No, fun. There was four of us and we're all like pretty similar size. So mm. we all really took turns. You know, you try yeah. this, you try this. One um, person couldn't do one thing. It was like, oh, you try this with you and see how it goes. And we're trying to like learn off each other and how each other did each different thing uh, yeah it was, yeah it's really great like it comes back to that play element of movement like we were getting a sweat up we were working our muscles but it was fun like could have kept going yeah out in the sun in the afternoon with friends figuring stuff out problem solving and moving our bodies it was really it was really great and i know that like lifting people up isn't for everybody but <laughs> um try and find something that you enjoy that much because yeah it, it was so good. Even Jai, who doesn't usually like exercise, had a good time. <laughs> it was fun. It was good. And it's not so much like strength-based either. It's it's a lot of like... Coordination? Fi- yeah, coordination, balance. finding balance points with whoever you're, mm. whoever you're lifting or yeah. whatever. Trust um, and control. And, yeah, a lot yeah. of control to aid not using lots of muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Jai's like, the more control and coordination I have, the less strong I need to be. So I'm really coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and-, and then our good friend Pete. Coming over? Oh, all the way from Geelong. We live in Ringwood, for anyone that doesn't know. So Geelong's quite the hike and he came... an hour and a half? Yeah. Came all the way out here to hang out with us and record Mm. a nice podcast episode for you all. Yeah. 
Nice, uh, nice chats with Pete. Yeah, it's a really fun, light-hearted uh, conversation. Pete's a support worker, so it was really mm. good to just get another aspect of health and maybe in a way that you wouldn't think about it as well. Yeah, diving into his mind a little bit and, yeah, seeing how it can sort of relate in different fields. It's always great to hear another point of view and have things brought up that you maybe wouldn't have considered, so... I'm loving these conversations, loving and talking with all of my friends and friends of friends and all of that and just finding out more and what makes them tick and why they do what they do. It's really great. Mm. And uh, Pete's no exception. Mm. Seeing people with their passion is exciting. Hearing people talk about what they're passionate about and what they love doing is, yeah, it's really good to hear no matter what. Here we go. podcast pete thank you thank you for having me (laughs) how are you going (laughs) yeah i'm I'm pretty good man nice beautiful sunny day today what have you been up to oh mate i uh woke up wasn't sure what was going to happen but i was pretty (laughs) impressed when i managed to uh slide out of bed so uh obviously (laughs) do you have a slide out of your bed or did you just create one with your body no i'm no there's no slide actually it was probably more of a roll really So what happened after you rolled out of bed? Oh, I chucked my runners on and I went straight to the football oval. Nice. Mm. Very good. Mm. What time of day was this? Uh, it is a Sunday, so you're allowed to sleep in. Oh, thank God. Well, I, uh, I don't make a habit of this, but I did miss church. I will just say that to the viewers now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, midday. You did miss church. I did miss church. That's right. There'll be more church. Yeah, that's all right. Church mm. of the football level. <laughs> football is my church. Football. Football is my church. Football. In it. In it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, um, before we get into chatting about health and whatnot, I just want to break down the pillars of health as I see them. This is just my interpretation. Friends, mm-hmm. different sleep which is pretty Mm self-explanatory. And food and movement, they're separate, but they're also pretty Mm self-explanatory. And then we have the mind, which can be, you know, as serious as, you know, going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or as simple as doing some meditation or gratitude journaling or whatever it might be that you feel is needed to take care of your mind. Mm -hmm. And then we also have the community element, which is how each of us individually interacts with our community, how they interact with us, how a job interacts with our community and the effects that we have on our community and they have on us. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yep. Cool. So... Roll with me, list your past, present, and possibly future job titles as they relate to health. Sure. Um, So my present job is support worker, um, which, you know, obviously would cover all the pillars of health um, pretty sufficiently. That's (laughs) Um, So I want to hear a day in the life, obviously... I mean, your days are probably not always all the same, but if you could average it out over a week, um, I kind of want to hear a bit about when you wake up and like what time you wake up and go to bed, how many times you eat, what type of foods you eat, 
Um, yeah, I want to hear about it. If you do have any sort of like meditation or mindfulness practice or something that you do that you feel like gives you energy or like exercise you do, try and be as detailed as possible. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I do set an alarm every morning for 8 o'clock. Um, I've, yeah, had a lot of trouble sleeping in the past. So I did do a little bit of reading and apparently that's quite good for you, getting up at the same time every day. Um, and yeah, I usually go straight to the bathroom, wash my face with some cold water, dry it off, and then, yeah, breakfast, two coffees, then... What's breakfast? A uh, bowl of cereal, so it's a uh, very unique combination <laughs> of uh, uh, Just Right and Wheat Bix. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I used to do Just Right and Wheat Bix, but I would pick all the sultanas out. Mm, so that's just wheat bix then, right? <laughs> <laughs> wheat bix and wheat flakes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee? How do you have it? Black milk, frothed? Um, yeah. Uh, no, I have it. Yeah. So I have low-fat milk, um, two sugars, and I have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Four sugars plus a sugary cereal to start your day. Wow, that's a well, I don't feel like I was being judged in that uh, answer at all. So glad to be here, everyone. You just must start the day with so much energy. <laughs> so much. I've always thought that you were such like a, a happy, outgoing person, but now I know why. Yeah, there's a dark secret. <laughs> You're full of sugar. I'm so, full of sh- so much love to go around. <laughs> oh, moving on from breakfast right. <laughs> um, yeah so I'll go to work and quite a lot of what I do in my work is um, I take clients out so it's usually quite community based so um, we usually go for walks in different places try to get clients to interact in any way so if, it's, if we get coffees you know get them to maybe ask the waitress a question or um, sort out their own change or just pay attention to perhaps like animals that were walking past and that kind of thing. So Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Do you do any kind of formal or informal exercise during the week? Uh, well, yeah. So the, the Other walking. than the walking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I find I burn quite a lot of calories. Calamaris. I burn many calamaris. (laughs) Burn many of those C words. Um, Yeah, so, you know, lifting the spoon up and down to my mouth or the sugar cereal. (laughs) So it evens out. I just wanted to clarify that for everyone listening at home. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, so I'll I'll usually try to go for a run or do some sort of um, weight training after work. Yeah, just different things. Nice. Um... You live with housemates. Do you guys share cooking dinner at all or you always do your own thing? Um, yeah, we usually do our own thing, but um, we've definitely talked about uh, doing dinners together, which yeah. would be awesome and easier to you know, buy ingredients for and portion sizes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it can be hard to cook for one. Yeah, like, yeah. I only need a quarter of this capsicum, but then the other three quarters will go off before I need to use it. Yeah. <laughs> but if exactly. I use all of it, I'll have enough food for six people and I don't want the same meal six times this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, correct. Um, when you were a little kid, what did you think that you wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, great question. I was never really sure, um, but I think... 
I used to mow the lawns once a week and I loved doing it. Just loved it. You know, jump on the mower, just ride around, you know, it was a real nice time. You're just humming along and you, you know, evening up things and um, very therapeutic. So mm. I love doing that. So I thought that's what I was going to do. But mum was like, no, no, you know, she she thought I was good with people. So she goes, no, nah, you can do teaching. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's what I'm okay, doing Okay, mum. <laughs> you know best. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mum. Um, so what then led you to your current career instead yeah. of mowing lawns? Of course. <laughs> yes. Um, well, yes, yeah, so I actually did do the uh, teaching degree. Um, and look, teaching is a great profession, but it wasn't for me. It's, um, yeah, but I, I knew, I definitely know that I got out of out of the teaching experience that I love working with people and trying to make a difference. I think um, the problem for me personally was just the number of people that you are trying to help at the same time. Um, knowing my own strengths and weaknesses, I think that uh, multitasking is not one of those strengths. <laughs> so uh, yeah, teaching was very, very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, moving on to disability seemed to be the logical choice and it was you know really nice to work one-on-one, sort of hone in um, more closely on what they enjoyed and their interests and their personality and yeah you know sort of work from there yeah nice so you said already that obviously you find that all of the pillars fall into your the work that you do um Mm -hmm. but i would love for you to discuss kind of the interrelatedness that you see within them like you know can you see where they overlap can you see how one may affect the other within your clients when you work with them uh, yes, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I don't know if this is actually a fact or not, but I personally believe that sleep is probably the most important one. Um, a lot doesn't seem to happen when, you know, people are sleep deprived. Uh, even diet-wise, if you haven't slept, then, you know, impacts how you metabolize your food and all of that kind of thing. So I think um, I definitely notice sleep more than the others. Mm. Um uh, clients actually tended to be quite routine in the things they ate, so I don't think they really noticed much of a change um, in in eating and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, well, they just never really experimented with different foods and how that might feel. Yeah. Uh, so it was usually pretty consistent. Um, but yeah, I think the pandemic was quite challenging. So in terms of socializing and sense of community, um, it was quite segregating, but fortunately, you know, we were able to go and catch up with them and go for those walks. And um, yeah, we usually just reflected on, try to be as, you know, as positive as possible and reflect on what's, you know, good in our lives and that sort of thing. Mm. And um, just be amongst nature. And that was, you know, if that was all we could do, then that would have to do until we could, you know, do get back else. out. And, yeah. 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 It is hard though when you go, if you're used to seeing multiple people conversing with multiple people in a in a even just in a morning to then just having one person it can it can feel challenging so mm. it's uh it's good that to stay positive can be difficult <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so what do you love about what you do it's your favorite yeah um i think it's extremely rewarding um when you get to know someone and um you know and they open up to you and they trust you and you know, you work as a team um, because obviously you you might have all these ideas of what they can do with their lives and you can probably see the future better than they can. When you actually work together and they, you know, 
they're committed to your plan or the plan that you've come up together it's quite amazing when you see them you know reach milestones and yeah yeah and and you see them spark up and you know they they take on more challenges and it just has that huge positive knock-on effect so yeah yeah. how many um people do you usually work with during the week usually changed on a fortnightly basis but i would say probably on average maybe eight or eight to twelve yeah yeah i feel like that's a good number of people if it was any more than that you would struggle to make those really good connections like you were talking about like yeah you start to feel like you're spreading yourself a little bit thin you know definitely and you do also want to uh follow up on the same clients so the fewer clients you have you can sort of even see them a couple of days apart and just sort of follow up on how they're going with the plan you implemented and yeah just keep in more contact yeah nice Mm. Is there anything that you dislike about what you do? Um, Either your role specifically or the industry as a whole? Or both? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, definitely. Um, I actually only thought about this recently um, in that uh, I spoke to another person working in the industry but in a different, um, you know, sector. And, you know, they they put quite a bit of emphasis on uh, debriefing, which uh, as a personal support worker, we actually don't debrief, um, which, you know, it's you're just going to inevitably burn out and, um, you know, you might all share the same opinion and you just don't know if your other co-workers are thinking the same thing. And then you sort of go in these circles of, is it just me that's finding this frustrating or, you know, those, those sorts of doubts and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I think debriefing is definitely something I would encourage mm. for more companies to put into their just implement protocols, it. Yeah, yeah, protocol, yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, well, you're creating that sense of community for other people when you're working with them, but then you are often probably not getting that so much back in return. Like, it's important for you to also then have a community to like you said, debrief with. Of course, of course. Like, and uh, psychologists have their own psychologists. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> exactly. So in relation to the pillars that we have discussed, what would you say is the most common health-related issue that you see in your clients or within the community? Yeah, great question. I'm glad you asked that one. Um, you know, all the clients have their own challenges, but I think the one that uh, is shared amongst most clients is their sense of community. Uh, so a lot of them aren't aware of what supports they have. And I think one of the problems with the NDIS is that as it stands, I think they're underfunded. So what they do is they say, look, we'll give you all of this money for your, for your like plan. And then they make it really, really hard for the clients to access that money. So they make them jump through lots of hoops, takes lots of time, and they might not actually get to use much of their money in the end. Mm. Um, So the money that's left over when the plan gets updated, they take a huge cut out of the plan for future plans that get made for those clients, which is quite awful. Uh, And then they don't get the opportunity to actually go out and, uh, you know, socialize and be a part of those community groups and that sort of thing. So I'd say, yeah, that's mm. probably the, the main one. Yeah, that sounds like a super flawed system. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What is a common misconception about your job? Uh, yep, so I think uh, one of the bigger misconceptions is that people see perhaps a client who is, appears much less able than, than they are. So they might see a physical disability and uh, incorrectly assume that they have an intellectual disability or perhaps a speech impediment. 
Um, so I think in with cerebral palsy in particular, clients, yeah, the, the speech impediment is quite common. And I think that um, that can often lead people in the public to assume that they have an intellectual disability, which is quite disheartening for them. And uh, yeah, and that also takes away their sense of community and makes them not want to, you know, go out and, mm. you know, experience all the things that the community has to offer. Do you know the percentage of the population that, or maybe within Australia or even Victoria, that are in a care situation or that have a disability? Do you know it all? Whoa, no. <laughs> nope. <laughs> because I feel, you know, there is this misconception that people, you know, may be intellectually uh, disabled when they're not. But I also feel like we're not taught how like this should be covered in high school mm. like you know mm. how to converse how to care for how to be around and treat people that have differing disabilities with respect and mm. like yeah because it is something that it feels foreign mm. and mm-hmm. it shouldn't yeah uh yeah absolutely absolutely um and everyone's got their own ticks their own you know, um, pressure points and uh, a lot of people uh, incorrectly assume that, you know, these sometimes someone is uh, ignoring them or being rude um, when, you know, they're probably just lost in their own little world and, uh, you know, they might just be thinking about a hundred different things at that one time or perhaps they just don't like that particular um, aspect of socializing. So, for instance, I had a client who I took to the library um, and he he wouldn't say hello to the librarians um, as he walked in. And uh, one of the one of the women said to me that day, she said, "Oh, you know, your friend's not um, very nice. Like he's quite rude." I said, "Oh, he just doesn't like saying hello. It makes him uncomfortable." And yeah, so after that, they understood that that was just one of his um, personality traits, really. So, yeah. 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 It's like there's this perceived level of I don't know. I want to say normal in in quotation marks, or it's like because my dad's like this. Um, if I would ever have friends over that didn't talk to him a lot, he didn't like them because he saw them as rude. But I was like, they're just shy. Like you're mm. an adult and owner of this home that they've come to visit they're not ignoring you or being rude you're quite intimidating like not everyone is out as outgoing as you are and like that's not you know that's just a normal differing personality trait that's not Mm. even but yeah I just think if all of these things were discussed more openly people could then be more open about like you said little ticks or little things that they've got little things that they don't want to do rather than having this Mm. like you know when you go here, you must do this and this is normal and this is what is accepted. It's just like, well, we're all mm. different and yeah. <laughs> maybe, oh. the, maybe the difference is what should be ex- the normal, like accepting difference in all of us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What impact has your job or the community that you have around you had on you personally? Um, yeah, well, because, uh, quite often you get to know your clients on a pretty intimate level. Um, you, you, you tend to learn a lot about yourself as well. Um, so whether it's what you're capable of or perhaps even your weaknesses, and obviously you try not to make a habit of comparing yourself to others, but it's sort of an inevitability. 
um, working with people. But yeah, I think you know you learn how to work with people, and I think it's a, a great skill to take away from the job. Yeah, it's definitely a great skill. Because, I mean, we're going to have to be around people for the rest of our lives. So if you can deal with us, that's definitely a top of the list life skill. So you can go as deep as you want to with this one or you can relate it to your job or you can just be personal, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest struggle that you've had to overcome in life and what has it taught you? Yeah, wow, great question. Um, I think the biggest struggle for me was when I knew I didn't want to do the, my teaching. So I knew that in the end of third year. It's a four-year course. Um, and I was... So, I, you know, I decided, yep, you know what, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So I'm just going to learn what I can and, you know, jump out of that. But, uh, you know, the workload increased, you know, exponentially. And, you know, I wasn't, wasn't particularly passionate about it. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, and my living situation wasn't very good either. So um, sort of got out of a very toxic relationship. My housemates were, you know, pretty toxic themselves. Um, so my mental health was pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, sleep wasn't good. I wasn't eating well. So working in an environment with people where you had to be, you know, confident and clear was extremely difficult mm. uh, in a job that you knew you didn't want to do <laughs> and you were working really hard for. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I think just uh, committing to the course and um, just trying to take uh, each day, uh, just take it day at a time, I mean. Mm. Um, yeah. You did finish? I did finish. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, thank nice, you. Nice. Thank you. Not I didn't I wasn't in a particularly bad situation, but I did drop out when I when I first finished high school, I did a dance teaching course. Mm. I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I was already teaching dancing, so I was like, well, I might mm. as well get qualified for something then I've got like you know got something behind me. Yeah. Um but it was really it was a course on how to run your own ballet school. Oh, okay. for anyone that knows me, I'm not a ballet dancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and I just, I did, um, it was two years. I did three quarters of the first year and I uh, was failing business, which is hilarious because I now own my own business. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just, I wasn't passionate about it at all, like especially that business side because I just wasn't in it mentally. Like, mm, mm-hmm. um, And I was like, look, I'm going to fail this subject, which means I won't even get my Cert 3 for doing that year because mm. I won't have done that subject. I'll have to do another subject. So I just stopped going. Mm. I didn't even like unenroll. I just stopped going. Like, <laughs> so I'm very impressed that under all the duress and the shitty stuff that was going on that you pushed through and finished. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, and that's that's sort of it. I think another thing I forgot to mention was, um, yeah, you just sort of constantly remind yourself what the reward is going to be. It is a degree mm. um, and that can open a lot of doors for you. And I guess I just had to, you know, sort of go with the mindset of it's okay. Like you don't feel well now, but things are going to be good. You could find another house. You can get your degree. All of these good things are just, you know, a few a few more days away. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. How did your mum take it when you were like, I don't want to be a teacher? (laughs) She was fine with it, which actually, funnily enough, was uh, a huge drive for me to keep going because I was like, well, I think, you know, everyone in our family's done uni and uh, I was like, I don't want to let 
let them down. Yeah. Um, so they're all very hardworking. And I was like, no, I don't want to be I don't the, be the only one, one that yeah. didn't do it. So I just kept going and... Just too competitive. Just, yeah, I couldn't lose. That's it. That's all it was. <laughs> I mean, whatever gets you through, right? Right, exactly. I think I had the opposite problem because neither of my parents finished high school and my brother did, but not particularly well mm. so there was literally no pressure on me <laughs> at all i probably could have done with a little bit of pressure <laughs> like, <laughs> they were just so proud of me for finishing high school they were like you can do whatever you want now. <laughs> <laughs> um which pillar of health do you personally struggle with the most um i think up until recently sleep was quite a big one for me yeah, I had a bit of a nasty experience and that was, uh, you know, kept kept me waking up through the night. Um, so I think that really drove home the most, like the importance of sleep and how it affects you just every single day that you don't get it. Yeah. What's been, I mean, I love sleep, so we can have a whole nother podcast right now about <laughs> yeah. sleep. What, has there been like one crucial thing that you've been doing that you have felt has changed your sleep hygiene or has it been like multiple things that have kind of turned the tide for you? Like, Yeah, multiple things. So um, in particular, I wanted to really hone in on all of the bad habits I had. So I watched a few TED Talks and, you know, did a little bit of reading online, a lot of Facebook research. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, sort of, Found out that uh, you know the watching of TV before sleep obviously is a pretty classic one. Um, so I changed to listening to audiobooks, and I had that on a, a sleep timer. So you know you would you wouldn't be um, your your eyes weren't hit by a bright light and kept awake yeah, and nice, um, and you, your brain's activated so it's concentrating on something and you just slip into sleep and um, yeah. Yeah, um, I wonder if that would work because at the moment I'm kind of torn because I read on a Kindle Mm. um, and I used to have the super old one. It wasn't backlit. So it Mm. literally was like a book. So I would still have to have a nightlight on, which Mm. would work because they say like um, red light or like a candle is much better than having like a light on. Mm. But my Kindle that I have now, it is backlit. But I have the brightness oh. turned all the way down as low as it can possibly go. And it's... Oh, sorry, that is just my go-to-bed alarm. <laughs> Very fitting. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is backlit. It's not the same as like a laptop or a phone. It's not... Um, mm. It's not that blue light, but it has got light in it. But we have all of the other lights in our bedroom off. So mm. I'm kind of like, what would be worse? Like to read a hard copy book, but need a bright enough light that I can see it. Mm. Or to have this Kindle that has the light all the way down and then the rest of my room is dark. Because I, mm. really, I don't really struggle to go to sleep. So that's why I'm kind of like, it probably doesn't matter too much. I don't watch TV. I have a timer on my phone so that I don't <laughs> look at my phone after a certain time. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, well... Yeah, I haven't really been able to find much information about that. And I've like sent a couple of emails to a couple of like podcast hosts or, or authors that have written books about stuff, but they're obviously very busy people because they haven't gone back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because, you know, you don't want to be reading in too low light either because that's just bad for your eyes. Yeah. So then you've got a whole nother problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I sleep, but I'm also blind. <laughs> yeah, I am blind. <laughs> 
um, yeah, but so for me personally, um, I think the the main issue was that uh, it was it was sound for me. Mm. So um, the particular situation that went down uh, caused a little bit of PTSD, um, which meant that I was hypersensitive to sound um so anything at all i could hear a door close from the other end of the house and you know just very very small things um, wake you up yeah yeah for sure so i had to i eventually figured out that if i actually went around the house and discovered all of the sounds that were waking me up all the weird sounds that were coming through the house mm. um that i could prepare myself mentally for that before sleep so when those sounds happened during the night, I was just completely desensitized and didn't wake up. So nice. yeah, it's good that you found a way around it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I just need to try not to watch TV before bed. Yeah. <laughs> I had, um, vivacious escapes. I did a sleep seminar and I asked people, you know, I was like, put your hand up if you have a TV in your room, and it was everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please get your TVs out of your room. <laughs> it's, um, it's a trap. Yeah, and the thing is. Your bedroom should be a sanctuary for sleep. Your body mm. loves your your the human body and brain loves association. You want mm. to associate your bedroom with sleep. So if you study in your room, watch TV in your room, when you walk into your bedroom, your body doesn't know what you want it to do. Whether it's like we only have a bed and plants in our room. There's mm. we're only in there for sleep. So wow. when I get home from dancing sometimes i'm a little bit wired but i walk into my bedroom it's already dark we shower with a candle on in the dark like my body's like oh the room for sleep i know what we do in here <laughs> i found that that because this i actually found that out a long time ago and mm. i got rid of my tv straight away and uh that was a huge game changer for me um like straight away so yeah well wow. it can uh, just be a really hard step for people though like if you're used to watching tv in your room like yeah yeah definitely and maybe you've you're living with other people and everyone wants to watch the tv in the lounge room so you know where do you watch tv if that's what you want to do yeah um yeah yeah well i think um it's not a perfect solution but um i sit on a chair like a, a bean bag yeah on the floor of my room um so there's just a slight disassociation yeah with my bedroom being for uh tv or gaming yeah so then I, when i hop into bed that's that becomes my sleep yeah place yeah um, and that's good like and everybody's different as well like people some people may not need that full association that i do with the whole room being just for sleep some people yeah like obviously it works for you to just have you know this chair or this bean bag is for this and the bed is for this and it's easy to separate it that way um, but yeah, there's so many tips and tricks and things that you can try. And like, sometimes I feel like I have such a big sleep routine. It's just like, must have hot shower, must, <laughs> must spray magnesium on my tummy, must put lavender on my pillow, <laughs> write in my gratitude journal. Like it's the longest <laughs> list of things, but I sleep like the dead. So Whoa. it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just as long as you wake up, that's the main <laughs> <laughs> When we're at Vivacious, actually, on the Friday night, we a couple of us went there early to like set everything up. And the next morning, Maxine and Guy were like, oh my gosh, did you hear that storm? And Jai and I were sleeping outside <laughs> in the van. So the storm would have been real loud. Yeah. I was like, I didn't hear a thing. No, oh, you're kidding. <laughs> wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've nailed it. 
I'm happy with all I've achieved. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> it took um, a year or more, three books, more podcasts than I can count, mm-hmm. like a couple of mm-hmm. research papers. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here and I'm sleeping. <laughs> this is what peak performance looks like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, that actually concludes all of my questions that I have and then some. Great. Anything else that you would like to add or finish on? Um, yeah, kids, stay in school. Um, <laughs> call your mum once a week. Uh, don't forget to eat your vegetables. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that's all. But uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me on the uh, podcast. It's no been worries. yeah, really, really cool. So yeah, great having you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just before we leave today. We would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional carers of the lands, waterways and skies, which we are able to live, learn and move on. We respect their elders, past, present and emerging, and the deep spiritual connection they have to our country.